Hey everyone, welcome to the Dark Sliders Podcast with Doug and Brad. Hey. So this week, we're going to talk about some different stuff here. Neither one of us have been playing a whole lot of traditional games, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, Doug started playing mobile games because Doug got a cell phone. And yeah, by cell phone, I, I mean a yeah. smartphone. In the year 2016, he finally <laughs> has a smartphone. Yeah, I, the phone I had, I think I had in maybe 2008. So. <laughs> It was definitely getting on like in a, in a decade, and I just had not had a smartphone ever. So, so I got a smartphone. I started playing smartphone games, and we're well, going to talk a little about smartphone games. Um, to be fair, you had the straight up like slide phone for the past eight years, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's this weird. What the hell is it even called? It's like this weird touch phone that is not oh, a smartphone. Right. So, it's, yeah, it's your just like the worst of both worlds. <laughs> but anyway, before we get to that, um, this week Deadpool finally came out to movie theaters. Yep, and. Yeah, what did you think of the? We both saw. What did you think of the movie? I thought I thought Deadpool was pretty good. I actually don't know a lot about the Deadpool character, but I've been kind of following this movie for a long time. I'm just kind of glad it got made. I was actually more interested in the production, like the fact that it was leaked. A lot of it was done by Blur Studios. Um, like the guy who does it, the guy who made it is the guy who heads Blur Studios. I thought yeah. that was really cool. The guys who make all your favorite uh, video game cinematics. Yep. I like the movie. I saw it with my dad. It was a fun movie. It was it was fun and silly. And it kind of reminded me of, like, Kick-Ass and Kingsman and stuff like that. It wasn't, like, super... I think a lot of people are like, oh, my God, it's so original. I can't believe it's going to change the way we look at movies forever. It's, like, it's, it's kind of like Kick-Ass. Like, it's that kind of... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's very, a funny action movie. A there, yeah. But anyway, the reason we bring that up is we yeah. figured, what a great time to talk about the Deadpool video game. Uh, yeah, which we both happened to play, like, three years ago. <laughs> yeah, so why not chat about that? Because it's a weird game. So, if you haven't followed the Deadpool game, it was really weird because it got released probably going on like five years ago on the PS3 and Xbox 360. Yeah. Uh, and then, I don't remember the studio, but they ended up losing the rights to it, and it got pulled from a bunch of places Yep. for a long time. And then, this movie started coming out, and I'd say it was about a year ago. I don't remember yeah. how the rights got redistributed or where it came from, but basically they said, okay, well, we're going to remaster it and put it on PS4 and Xbox One, so you can <laughs> For get 60 bucks. Again. It was crazy. It was like 40 or 60 bucks or something like that. Yeah, which definitely not a 40 or $60 game. <laughs> how much did you spend that? Yeah, because I, I know we're both kind of like cheapo on games. Like, Didn't you get it like used for like two bucks or something ridiculous? Uh, it was like 10 Okay, yeah. Yeah, and you just took my copy if I remember correctly. I did. <laughs> I borrowed your copy. We borrow games. Right? It's not like we're stealing them. And then we, we keep them for like months on end so we actually see each other in person. Yeah. But anyway, to talk about the actual game here, what did you think about this game? Because this is it's an action game, kind of in a style of Devil May Cry where you've got your swords, you got your guns, all that kind of <laughs> Kind of like Devil May Cry. Oh, God, that's giving away too much credit. <laughs> well, kind of like. So what's your issue with that comparison other than the fact that this game is not that good? <laughs> No, I mean it's a garbagey game, um, but it's a good. It's like the only. I think we've we talked a little about this before, like off the podcast. It's it's a garbagey, not very good, just below average game that is a really good, just below average game because of the context of it being a Deadpool game. Like Deadpool deserves a bad game. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, and I mean that in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't make any sense for a Deadpool game to be the game of the year award-winning arkham knight style game where it's everybody goes crazy about this game it's much better yeah. that it's like yeah that's a solid c <laughs> yeah I'd give it like a c minus yeah. like 
I, I feel like I feel like what's happening now is like, oh, a lot of people are like, oh wait, there's a Deadpool game that came out, and that's kind of what we want to talk about. This we haven't played in a long, long time, but just because of the movie, I think we both kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, you, I said how about I like the movie. How'd you like the movie? It's like yours for one sentence. Yeah, kinda. I like the movie. It was fun. Uh, it was interesting. I can't. T- I can't. I just saw it a couple hours ago. I can't decide if I really liked it or if I just kind of liked it. But it was fun. It was entertaining. Yeah, so, so because I think a lot of people are sort of seeing this, like a lot of people are seeing this surprisingly, uh, I figured it'd be a, we figured it'd be kind of a good idea to talk about the game. Yeah, it's like you were saying, it's like it, Deadpool doesn't really deserve a AAA game. This game is not very good, but it like the game is kind of the reason it's good is not because the developers didn't care. It's actually they got their like budget cut out from under them like really late in the game, and then they were kind of rushed to finish it. Actually, if you want to read something kind of interesting, like read up on the, the development of the game, it's like they didn't plan for it to be this bad. But since it is this bad, there's a lot of jokes in the game about how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, which actually worked really well. And the the fact that the game is kind of crap fits really well into the fact that it is a Deadpool game. Yeah, yeah. I I liked it. I thought I thought it was kind of cool. Um, probably one of my favorite aspects of the game is like you don't actually know the overarching story because Deadpool doesn't care about the story. Yeah. Like, um, I think Cable comes in at one point, and Cable comes, and he's, like, he's like literally explaining the story, and then it just goes, wah, 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 <laughs> and then it gives you, like, the option to shoot yourself in the face. <laughs> yep. This is, to me, this is a perfect game for the people who enjoyed the movie, because it's got that same feeling of just, like, who gives a shit what's going on? I'm gonna murder some stuff, and be funny, mm-hmm. and entertaining. This is a very funny and entertaining game that doesn't have a deep story, doesn't have great gameplay. It's similar to Devil May Cry, but if you were to dumb that down to the furthest common denominator and just keep it simple. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah, very simple. I think, I don't, I think as a warning, this game, you should not get this game for PS4, or Xbox One, whatever the price is. But if you still have a PS3 or uh, 360 sitting around, I think it's a good $5 fun game if you're, if you're just kind of craving more Deadpool. Or I guess read the comics, but I mean, who does that? <laughs> I do. Do you actually read Deadpool comics? You don't um, read Deadpool comics. I've read probably, I mean, not a ton. I read uh, Brian Posehn took over a couple of years ago, and I like Brian Posehn, so I read like 20 or 30 issues that he wrote, or not, maybe it wasn't even that many. I read most mm-hmm. of his run on it and a little bit of uh, Daniel Way, I believe, or Mark Wade. I don't remember which one, but whoever was writing before that, I read a few. So I've read kind of here and there, but not a ton. I'm still, That's still quite a bit. I'm surprised you weren't like a huge fan of the movie or just couldn't decide on it quite yet. Yeah, I'm just still not sure. Um, I did just realize, because Google, this game was made by High Moon Studios, who did all those cool Transformers games back in the day. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. So this, this should have been a good... Yeah, this should have been a good game. Yeah. Also, Nolan North was the voice of Deadpool. Which is great. They actually make a really good joke about that, yeah. too, I think, in the beginning. I think he. I think the, the game opens with him killing Nolan North or something to the effect of that. Yeah, there was definitely some like weird thing where it's like you're supposed to kind of recognize his voice to begin with, and then it's like, nope, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, it's it's a cool game. I, th- I think that people should definitely give it, give it a shot. I just don't think anybody should you shouldn't be spending more than 10 bucks on it. Unless you're just made of money, and then you, you can spend $40 <laughs> on crappy games, then uh, go do that, but... I mean, there's like like Yarnies out and Firewatch and all these kind of cool, unique games that you are better spent. <laughs> or go play Deadpool but, and just have a good old time laughing your ass off while you play a video game. I wouldn't say laughing. I would. I would never say there was a point in that game where I laughed my ass off. It was. It gave me a few chuckles. I see. I disagree with you on there. I thought that game was hilarious. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. 
I will say, though, the, the thing that I did find really surprising about the game is that there's some parts of it that have, like, really, really unique animations. I don't want to spoil why, but, like, there's some parts that, like, they have these really long kind of cutscene-like parts that you're not really expecting for kind of a crappy game. Um, like, the like the fact that Deadpool kind of loses limbs every once in a while, they kind of play with, and they do some really, oh, really yeah, fun yeah. scenes with that. Um, I just thought it was cool. And, like, there's a... Uh, one of the things the movie kind of skipped over is that Deadpool's kind of insane, like just legitimately insane. The game yep. goes really, really far in the fact that like Deadpool is losing his mind, yeah, uh, for better or for worse. And the and the, yeah, the game is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a good little pickup if you want to get more into the Deadpool universe mythos. Yeah, that's a good word, vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So anyway, on to the next thing here. So Doug, like we talked about, got a fancy new cell phone. I did. Smartphone. Um, and he just realized there's games on phones now. Yeah, I, I went crazy. I downloaded like 10 or 15. I was like, oh my god. My thought was like, you know, people say cell phone games are crappy, but there's been like 10 years of cell phone games. There's got to be a few really good ones in here. Um, so what'd you find? The... <laughs> I found that the best cell phone games I could possibly find were still not as good as a lot of the Vita, ga- Vita games I had. Yes, sir. Even though they were on like much better hardware, like Vita hardware is like it's pretty good. I think Vita hardware might be might be comparable, maybe a little better than older phones. But uh, yeah, like every game I played, it felt like even the best games were hampered by really poor money making game design stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm kind of new to this, so I, I, I <laughs> this might be like old hat to some people. Uh, but man, the like it blows my mind how effing nefarious some of these games are uh like i was i was having a hard time the the one game i played a lot of which this is the problem like some of them are legitimately good games i was playing trials frontier which is uh i me and brad really like the trial series we've talked about a few times i've been playing the crap out of trials fusion um so i got the trials frontier which is basically a little motorcycle game with physics and it's a really fun game for what for what it is but I found out I almost accidentally spent fifty dollars on that game. <laughs> like you're that little kid that every parent hates. <laughs> but it's it's really hard to not. Sp- you have to be like just constant. Like the whole time I was playing, I was like consciously aware not to click on the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> and the thing I almost spent fifty dollars on was a pimp suit for my character uh, that would that would decrease or eliminate any sort of time mechanics in it. Like, oh, you have to wait for this upgrade, or you have to wait for this. So it eliminate all of my wait times, and you got your character got a cool pimp suit for only fifty dollars. And I was like, are you, are you out of your mind? Trials Fusion is like ten is twenty bucks with like all the DLC maps and everything. Like, I can't even. It the thing was like I kept playing it though. Like I played a lot of it. I put like <laughs> I probably put like good four hours into it. And there's a lot of stuff there. And I was like, and there was part of me that's like, you know, this game's pretty good. I'm kind of enjoying it, but I, I don't like these little microtransaction things. But it's still a good game. Is that actually the story is kind of cool? Did you you play Trials Fusion, right? You you do you have at least the base game, right? Yes. Okay, so in the game, the apocalypse sort of happens near the end. That's kind of a spoiler. I you can't really spoil Trials Fusion games. <laughs> what? How do you not know? You should know. No, stop. You're just being a jerk. I'm totally being a jerk. Anyway. <laughs> So the apocalypse happens, and this game is, like, is that timeline, like, after the apocalypse, and now everything's, like, a western town, kind of like Firefly. I like Firefly. 
Yeah, it's also it's a really cool setting, and they kind of have like kind of wacky, zany characters, and the whole time you're just trying not to buy things. Um, <laughs> That's half the fun is navigating the microtransactions. No, it Did really I is. Buy like, something or not? Can't no, wait it for really my is bill. though. It is like <laughs> it's like its own mini game of not buying shit. <laughs> and I had convinced myself that I was having fun with this game because it is kind of fun. Um, and I was like, man, these microtransaction things. I realized over the course that I had played, I had been offered maybe over a hundred dollars and things I could have bought. Yeah, probably. And why do I you think, thinking, why do you think every con- company wants to do these? I, I just didn't think it was this bad. I really didn't. <laughs> like, to be, to part be of me fair, thought this that, is one game that you've looked at so far. Well, that, I mean, I looked at a few other ones like Crossy Road and stuff and Crossy Road is okay. You can get characters for like a buck, which I was like, uh, okay, that sounds about right, I guess for Crossy Road or something like that. But, like every single one, like at every opportunity, I was watching an advertisement. I was asked yeah. to pay five dollars. I was asked to pay fifty dollars. A good deal was considered a hundred dollars. Yeah. In Trials Fusion, you could spend a hundred dollars at once on in-game currency. Yeah. Why not? Why? I feel like people complain about this stuff like years ago, and I just like just getting on board with this. <laughs> yeah, totally. This is totally about circa 2013. <laughs> I was like, oh man, these games are great. Why did I lose all my money? Yeah, but I, I can see why, because I almost did. Like, I almost clicked on the wrong thing. <laughs> Doug's the annoying five-year-old you hear about on the news. Uh, local 20-something-year-old <laughs> podcaster accidentally spent his entire bank account playing Trials Frontier last night. His parents are really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing, though. Like, but you, but you can so, so, so easily. But I was still having fun with the game. And then I was like, oh, you know, I really like Trials. I should pop in Trials Fusion. Trials Fusion is infinitely better. I had kind of yes. forgotten how good Trials Fusion was. <laughs> I played a shitty cell phone game and remember that a PlayStation 4 game is better than it. But the thing is, like, there's such a huge gulf between the quality of game, which is which is super disappointing because, like, cell phone games are <laughs> cell phones are super powerful. <laughs> like, the game should be better than this. Like, why aren't they? This is just hilarious to me that you're like so blown away by the fact your cell phone doesn't have like the greatest thing ever on it. So you haven't gone through like the like nine years of cell phone games that the rest of us have where like you went from like, oh my god, I can play solitaire on my phone. Yeah. To like, oh my god, I can play like bejeweled on my phone to like, oh my gosh, I can play dead space on my phone. You and can kind of play Dead Space on your phone. I have but it's Dead not, Space on my phone. Is it? Yeah, but is it like? Do you feel like the game could just be like infinitely better, even though it's a cell phone game? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> I play like an hour. And I play so EA had like a every EA game for twenty five cents on the Google Play Store. So I was like, what the hell? I've never bought a mobile game before. The one thing mm-hmm. I will say is when you buy the game, it did not have obscene microtransactions in my face the whole time they were there but it wasn't like crazy but i was buying games just to get rid of microtransactions <laughs> like i was like i like this game i just gonna buy it because like, <laughs> these little microtransactions or advertisements or whatever else it did with like two games <laughs> so you basically are just feeding into this thing you just complained about kind of but i felt like i was saving time by doing this yeah kind of <laughs> i guess <laughs> no you're just you're feeding the machine doug mm-hmm. a little bit but anyway, so for all those of you out there listening, cell phone games, 
Still not as good as PlayStation Four. That's a Doug. That's Doug. a Doug exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but like playing my Vita, like every game I have on Vita, I enjoyed immensely more than a cell phone that has like the power to do games that are much better than it. Yeah, and again, I think it's it comes from a position of if I'm making a cell phone game, I'm probably not out to make the a great game with a great user experience. I'm probably more out to make money more than anything else. But I, but I mean, like, I every game's out there. But I'm saying, like, every game is out there. Like, people don't make games just for, like, you know, completely artistic reasons. Very rarely they well, do anyway. True. Like, they still need to make money. But I don't understand why these, why you can't make a good game that also makes money. I think, what's that one that everybody loves? Monument Valley. I did play that. That was pretty good. I, I will but say that was, like, kind of a... You also have to think about your consumer. My consumer for a cell phone game is every person on Earth. My consumer for a Vita is somebody who has a Vita. If I put... (laughs) What? For better or for worse. That's why you got to buy these weird anime girl games all the time. (laughs) True. But again, the point being that the people... If I'm playing a game on my Vita, it is a gaming platform. It is something that I am expecting to play a certain quality of game on. My cell phone? I mean, I could get a 10-year-old to program a game for my cell phone, throw it up there, and oh, there you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but I don't understand. It's like that audience is still there for you know, like everybody has a cell phone though. So like the the Vita audience or the Nintendo DS or the Xbox audience have a phone. So like I can't imagine why they wouldn't think to. They probably wouldn't spend as much. Like I guess you still have to charge the game like four dollars at most. And I think that might be why. Um, um, two reasons. First of all, given the option between picking up your phone and your Vita, which would you rather use? I, I have my phone on me all the time. I'd rather but, play games on my Vita, but I have my phone on me at all times. Okay, fine. For me, it'd easily be Vita and Heartbeat, but again, I've had my cell phone games for a lot longer. And the second thing is, have you tried Dead Space Mobile? Looks fine, runs fine. It is a bitch to do anything in that game because it's all touchscreen, and you have to like try and like hold your finger on and just like the control input. It's so unprecise, like you end up shooting past everything. You can't hit anything. It's just a matter of if you're going to make a game that has any complexity to it, you have to figure out a way to manage that with touch controls, and it's just not going to work very well. I agree, but but they they sort of instead of like instead of figuring out ways around that, I feel people just like gave up and realized they could just make flash games and just charge up and just do like like they instead of like try to figure out a new like with V like think about VR like people are like kind of like rethinking about how to do games, and I feel like there was there were definitely a few people. I mean, there's some games I played. One game I really really enjoyed. I spent two bucks on it was ridiculous how much content i got for it was a uh, citus which is a c-y-t-u-s it's a like a ddr kind of game that you tap with your fingers which is a ton of fun and you get like 50 songs for two bucks but again um, you're just tapping with your fingers that's not a lot of complexity to it things no, like but they that play- like yeah that works um things where i have to sit here and try and maneuver a camera while doing other things like a dead space where i have to walk and i normally would be controlling with dual analog sticks that i now have to map onto a touch screen in addition to mapping the buttons onto that touch screen is where you start to get things where you're just like you can't have the same experience you would have on a different platform no i, I guess but i i still think i still think you can do sort of like the witness where you could have like really really simple controls and you could have really really simple mechanics and still have complex design true you know what i mean but and I again, feel like I feel like I'm just kind of stuck with simple controls, simple design, and there's nothing that has really made me think too but, hard. It's it's everything's made for like the lowest common denominator. Yeah, and thinking about the witness, which is definitely a game that could probably I feel like I haven't played it, but mechanically work on a phone. That's a forty dollar game. I can tell you, yeah. nobody's gonna pay forty dollars to put a game on their phone. 
That's true. I was actually I was actually looking up like the best of cell phone games, and what I was thinking was like, oh, the world ends with you, which is that Nintendo DS game I really want to play. Uh, by No More Other Guy to Kingdom Hearts and stuff. The game was like fifteen bucks, and I was like, holy crap! I'm not gonna spend fifteen bucks on a cell phone game. Exactly. I was like, oh, that's why good cell phone games aren't made. Exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, but. Yeah, I feel like we're kind of part of the problem, though, too. It's like, would I rather spend $15 on a game that I know is just going to be a good game? There's going to be no microtransactions. There's going to be no advertisements constantly bombarding me. Or am I just going to get it for free or spend 2 bucks and still get that advertisement stuff? I, I don't know. Hey, to be fair, I spent a total of $0.27 cents in the history of owning a smartphone on games, and that was to buy Dead Space Mobile on sale. <laughs> <laughs> but there's good games out there. I, I think, like, right now... I'm going to look for ga- I actually probably am going to stop playing free-to-play games entirely or just never play free-to-play. Well, I'll probably play like a, f- a few lightly, but I'm just going to look for games that actually just cost you money right up front because I'd rather just spend the two, three bucks to get a good game without all this crap of like br- like having to dodge stuff constantly. Like I give a try. Like Trials Frontier would be an amazing game. would actually be like a very, very good game, but it's just constantly... I feel like any good game that has microtransactions is a worse game because of the microtransactions, which is not a controversial statement at all. <laughs> but Dead Space 3. Oh my! Oh, that is a good example. <laughs> Holy crap, that's a good example. Oh, all right. So man. We, we've mentioned this a couple times that we kind of feel like the Vita is a much more impressive portable system and better portable system than my phone. Um, mm-hmm. it's the Vita's birthday. Yay! Yay! Four, four great years. Kind of <laughs> four okay years, I guess. Four, four slowly dying years that I wish were better because I absolutely love my Vita. Yeah, Vita. I I I don't. Would you rec- Okay, I really like my Vita, and I will probably not get a 3DS just because of the cost of games. But would you like straight up like recommend a Vita to people? I feel like I could recommend a Vita to like very specific people. Yep. Uh, but I, mean, I spent. I don't know how much money on my Vita. Like not not just purchasing the system, but just like buying good games for it. I yeah, I would recommend it to a very select crowd. Because you have to be looking for the right thing. Like, I love my Vita as a RPG and classics machine. Yeah, yeah. It's probably probably my favorite way to play PlayStation 1 games. Like, I try oh, playing... Sure. Holy crap. Some, some, like, especially JRPGs. Like, I have no patience for JRPGs, but playing JRPGs, like, a really good one on your phone. Well, I, that's the thing. A lot of Final Fantasy games are also coming out now on uh, phones. So, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I was playing Final Fantasy 9 on my Vita. I was like, holy crap. That, that is amazing. But yeah, it's like just the the fact like JRPGs to me become so so much better when you can just kind of like dip into them for a little bit and then dip out, then dip in for a yep. little bit and then get out, dip in. And I really really like that. It's I'm finding I'm playing a lot. I use well I'm not anymore, but I was playing a lot more JRPGs because of that. Um, Vita's got a lot of really good platformers and stuff, but unless you're a PlayStation fan and unless you're willing to drop quite a bit of money up front, like I you need it you those card that card thing just kind of hit like haunted the vita like the entire time was the cards yeah it's it's part of that upfront investment and i found my vita i don't remember where i even got it but i found it relatively cheap and just went and bought like two cards from the get-go and just went okay if i get my vita like super on the cheap and i buy two of these cards pretty much puts me at the full price of the system for what i paid and i see we're different when it comes to this because you on your vita you don't delete things if i remember correctly right no, I, I end up getting a 32 gig card. I kind of yeah. wish I had a 64. <laughs> yeah, see, whereas I have, I think, a 16 and a 4. Oh, and okay. I just sit there and delete stuff as soon as I'm done because I can always just go back to my PSN download list. 
Yeah, but it's it's not nearly as handy as like the PS4 one. I think the PS4 like library is like ingenious. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. so mad that's not a Vita or on a, a PS3. Um, but yeah, no, I like having a lot of games on it's, it. It's nice with the 32 gig art. You just have like a shit ton of games. Like I have like my PS1 collection, my PSP games, my PS Vita, <laughs> my like, uh, you know, and I haven't bre- broken down by genre and stuff like that. It's just so, so cool. And I'm like, we're never getting another handheld like this ever again. No. And that's the cool thing I think I like about it is how, cause they tried it with, I think it was the PSP go where it was, Oh, this is going to be a digital only platform. Yeah. And they tried it with that, and it didn't work out so well. But I feel like the Vita is this perfect hybrid of you can get the cards. I don't know if anybody actually buys the cards. I think I own three games, like actual the like cartridge cards or SD cards of those games. Maybe I do like cards. Them. I have a, I have like eight, I think. <laughs> okay. So, but again, the way it works digitally and the way it matches up with Plus is just so perfect. Oh yeah. That it's it's crazy. With I mean, PlayStation Plus when I got it, Gravity Rush was free. Like, you know, all these great games for it you can get for free. I've got Freedom Wars was free. Or maybe Freedom Wars was like two bucks. Maybe it's not. No, Freedom Wars is free. Freedom Wars was free. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like all these like the great games for Vita you get through Plus. And it's just it's an awesome system. And I wish it would have done better because I wish there'd be a new one coming. But I think it's all we're ever going to see of it. Yeah. I Yeah. And the thing is, like, I've dropped I've dropped probably I probably have more games than I think about. I mean, I've had my PS4 for shorter uh, in PS3. I think I have more games for Vita than I do have PS3 or PS4. And it's like, on top of having Vita games, you also have like a bunch of cross-buy stuff as well. Yeah. The cross-buy is like f- effing amazing. Like PS Plus every month, me and Brad, because we have the PS3, PS4, and Vita, you get like, you get six games a month. Like, it's crazy. And a lot of the uh, PS4 games are cross-buy with Vita. So like, Helldivers, I think right now you can play yep. on Vita, can't you? Yeah. Yep. So it's like, there's, I know there's like a lot of value in it. There's a lot of cool things about it, but just I don't think anybody ever picked it up. And I, I really don't know why. I think I, I don't know why it wasn't as successful. I think just I think it had a really bad – it's kind of like when the PS3 launched. It just had a really bad reputation to begin with, and then it got really better later on. But nobody yeah. really cared when it got better later on. I feel like it's something that kind of slowly grew into what it is now. I mean yeah. I got mine I think maybe two years in to its life cycle. So I was definitely not an early adopter of it, but I feel like the early adopters, there wasn't much there. The PSN features, I don't feel like were probably as fleshed out and working as well as they were now. You didn't have the PS Plus factor. You didn't have all those things that you do now. And I Mm -hmm. think just as that system went on, it turned into this really, really great platform that didn't start out that way. Yeah, I feel like if you're kind of like if you're like you're listening to us, and you're like, "Well, oh, Vita's dumb," or or maybe you're on the fence. If you're on the fence, I would honestly just go online to the to the PSN store and just look at the selection of Vita games they have. Like, there is a really good selection. I think at the very least, like if you like playing PS One games on the go, like that's oh, yeah. enough to get it. I have so many PS One games for my Vita, and it's like it is amazing playing some of those older games. I like got a really really nice, beautiful screen. Um, on like you know just walking just you know walking down the street and you can play these games with controls and not with like touchscreen or stuff like that yeah for sure mm-hmm. but happy birthday vita hopefully you have one more before <laughs> gives a shit anymore. i mean it will always be i mean it could be like 100 years from now there's still be, be the vita's 100th anniversary but <laughs> i mean well i think they're pretty much done with it now yeah but as i say at this point i'm surprised when do you think we'll stop getting plus games for it that is a good question. I don't. Th- I think we'll still get Vita games for a few years because Japan, like Japan, will always have That's like true. you know. I forgot how many um, it is in Japan. Well, uh, relatively. <laughs> um, we'll use quotes there. Big yeah. in Japan. 
I think I think PS Plus Vita games are gonna go by really soon, especially with the with, what's been coming out. Like they gave us all the good Vita games already for PS Plus. See, like, and that's my thought is, I mean, this week, this month, it was what Lemmings and I don't remember the name of the other one, but I mean, I feel like we've got Gravity Rush, we've got Uncharted, we've gotten Freedom Wars, we've got Killzone. Uh, Killzone was a was a yeah. Game? yeah yeah. See, I actually bought that one early. Shoot. Yeah. I feel like the but only thing that's missing is uh, Persona Four Golden, and at that point, it's like, well, we gave you, we gave you everything big. Take it. Well, and yeah, and Persona Four Golden, like, is like ten bucks. Yeah, no, but if you throw that on plus, that's like the last game. It's like at that point, where do you go? Yeah, yeah, and like, and if you think of like a lot, like Gravity Rush just came out on a uh, PS4, PS4, which I'm actually, if you guys haven't played Gravity Rush, Gravity Rush is the bomb. I, Brian's not a huge fan of it, but. Um, I really love that game. I think I, I just heard good things about the PS4 version. But yeah, I, I think it's going to go by the wayside really quick, and there's going to be a lot of mad people, but I'm hoping they're going to give us a good send-off gift for actually owning a Vita. Like, I don't know, maybe PSVR or something. <laughs> <laughs> if you Probably own a Vita, not. here's a free, free headset for PSVR. <laughs> no, but I, I could see them giving, like, six free games of your choice sort of thing as, like, a send-off sort of that thing could or something be cool. like that. Or just, like... Yeah, or like open up the library for like three hours and download whatever you can. <laughs> like those, that would never those old happen. school like '90s like Toys R Us shopping. Sprays. I was like, just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> you have twenty minutes. Go. <laughs> I always wonder how much they actually got from that. A little kid isn't that fast or that smart about how much things cost. No, go like straight to the cheap Legos or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, but I've been having Legos, Mega be a smart my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> So moving on here, getting to some news. There's a ton of news this week about a wide assortment of stuff, but I feel like it's only fitting to start with Kanye West. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so Kanye West is making a game. I forgot we were talking about this. Well, how are you not excited to talk about Kanye West? I I don't know. I don't I don't get Kanye. I like, I like, I don't, I, you know, I just don't know enough about Kanye to talk about it. So this is like, this is what I just have no, just, just keep going. He anyway. just made Robot Unicorn. That's all he did. He made Robot Unicorn. Yeah, but it's by Kanye West. It's so what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot you're actually joking. I'm actually... <laughs> yeah, you're getting way too serious about this. Anyway, yeah. so Kanye West made a game about his song, Only One, which came out on his album that just came out a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, it's about his mother trying to get to heaven and going towards the light and is basically Robot Unicorn. Yeah, which I mean, I like Robot Unicorn. That was actually one of the few games I did I did play on my phone that I actually enjoyed quite a bit. Um, <laughs> a classic. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just like it. It just looks like a, it's like an Infinite Runner game. It appears like. Yeah, but it's it's just I don't know. He seems so excited. My favorite quote was the fact that like while he was being interviewed about this, he's just like, "We've been working on this for like six months." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long it takes him to make a song, but I, I imagine it's a shorter cycle than that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like how long do you think they took to make fallout definitely more than six months sir yeah yeah oh yeah i could imagine i imagine he's just kind of the, the idea guy as opposed to the guy who actually doesn't do anything actually the only think, thing wait, I wait, found, wait, wait, wait 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 the wait, only wait. thing i found are you trying to oh, wait, wait wait are you trying to tell me you think kanye like sat down and coded this thing is that what you just said when he said he was no no idea? i think he's the idea guy like i think he <laughs> sat down in front of a bunch of programmers and tried to like explain his vision to them and you know how he's he's like a producer like he does produce his own some of his own music from what no, I yeah, yeah, yeah no i know Huh? So it's like he sits behind like the dials and stuff. Like he knows how to do that, but he just does not know how to do this video game stuff. So I imagine him just like sitting in a room full of a bunch of guys with a computer engineering degrees trying to translate what he's saying into something. <laughs> 
Which sounds hilarious, and I wish there was a behind the scenes for this game. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, there. I think there might. I'm sure there will be actually. And the more curious thing though is like I know it's about his mom going to heaven, which is actually really nice. I, it's we kind of find it kind of corny and stuff, but I can see how that would mean a lot to him. I am really curious though what the fail state in this game is. Like, oh, <laughs> does she not go to heaven if you fail? Oh damn! <laughs> or do you get to go to super heaven or something if you get really good? I just thought this was kind of funny to talk about, but you just made that really dark. Well, not dark. I'm just curious. Like, well, it's a game about his mom going to heaven. Like, can you lose? <laughs> like, I don't know. Ouch. Okay. Well, that's dark. Well, anyway, no, it's not way dark. To kill it's that like joke. it's like you get like high scores and stuff. Like, it's a weird thing. Like, I could see this being really cool if it's an arty game. Like, if this is like Journey, which I don't think it will be. <laughs> like, I'm hoping it's more Journey than Robot Unicorn. Although Robot Unicorn's got a lot of cool art in it, so I don't know. <laughs> Well, I got way too serious way too quick. So anyway, the real <laughs> news. Assassin's Creed. It has mm-hmm. been confirmed there will be no new Assassin's Creed game in 2016. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Uh, there's no new Assassin's Creed game, but there are two Chronicles games that have been released already. The movie comes out, they're working on a mobile game, and there's rumors of an Assassin's Creed, co- Creed collection coming to next-gen consoles. <laughs> But so no like said, Assassin's no. <laughs> Creed this year. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think it's good. I don't know. I mean, it worked for Call of Duty. Wait, how, how did it work for Call of Duty? When did they take a year off of Call of Duty? Uh, they took it off for, well, when they split the dev cycle between two companies. So essentially, like, the each dev each dev got, like, two or three years to work on the game. Kind of like Call of Duty but, Black Ops 3. Wait, I thought, aren't there already two studios doing Assassin's Creed games? Oh, I, I have no idea. I think there's already a couple of studio, studios working on Assassin's Creed. I'd assumed Creed. every studio worked on Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> Put everybody on this thing right now. I'm pretty sure every- it was already split. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I But, like, I don't think Ubisoft really... They, unless it's something like... Tri- if we were talking about Trials earlier, like Red Links, it does Trials. I don't think they really separate their Ubis... They do... I mean, they do have Ubi Studios all over the place, but I don't think they separate them as much. Or at least they don't tell the public as much. Like, if they separate them, like... You know, like Infinity well, Wars doing this one, or or um, who's the other guys who's not who's not Infinity War? Who called it? Infinity War and Treyarch. Treyarch, yeah, like Treyarch's gonna do this year. So I don't think they're that definitive. Every time I hear about like um, Assassin's Creed stuff, it sounds like just like every freaking studio is doing some like little part of it, which makes them like these kind of really big bloated things that nobody that has no real direction. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't really know, but either way. Uh, their reasoning was that they need to, quote, uh, take the year to evolve the game mechanics and to make sure we're delivering on the promise of Assassin's Creed, offering unique and memorable gameplay experiences that make history everyone's playground. If they actually, okay, we t- when we, before Uni was released, they were kind of saying the same thing. And yeah. We were both kind of excited for the idea of this. There is a lot you could do with Assassin's Creed that would be curious. I just don't feel like they're going to take the time to do this. I feel like they're going to take all this to develop a pretty new engine and call it good. Yeah, I could see it being like a lot of just fixing Unity's engine. Although, I mean, yeah. supposedly they did it with Syndicate. I've heard Syndicate is... Well, Better. I'm not sure if Syndicate's a good game or just the last Assassin's Creed was so bad that, like, you know, Syndicate seems like it's like a competent game at the very yeah. least. Um yeah, I mean, I, I do kind of wish, like, they really... Not reboot's not the right word, but I really do wish they're sort of, like, at least, like, rebooting the mechanics and maybe getting the story back on track. And so I'm excited for what they're saying, but I don't know if they're actually doing it. And they actually do have that uh, a long time ago. I think they've mentioned this in recent articles, too. They actually had a concept for a game set in Egypt that was kind of, like, 
I think you saw screenshots for that. Like yeah. it was sort of like they weren't sure if it was Assassin's Creed or the new Prince of Persia. So yeah, and I've heard rumors that that's what they're working on now. That that's the newest. That that is the new Assassin's Creed, and that's what's going to come next year in 2017. Will be this Egypt one. That would be super cool. I, I don't know, but I'm like, man, I, they they keep they say this every single time they do it as new Assassin's Creed. Like, oh, we're gonna we're rethinking Assassin's Creed. We're doing that, and like the only time they actually did do it was Black Flag, in which like yeah. they basically made a pirate game and then slapped on Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know. Still kind of crazy. This is the first. This will be the first year without a quote without an Assassin's Creed game end quote uh, yeah. since 2008 which was the year between the first one and the second one. So it's been eight years. That's crazy. I didn't realize we had that many Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) But it's just, I don't know, it's just a franchise that's turned into some ridiculous thing, and I feel like it's kind of the, that and Call of Duty are the mainstays of that annualization trend that hopefully is slowly slowly slowing down. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like Black Ops Three and Call of Duty: Advanced Warfare at least try to do something a little bit different with Call of Duty. Yeah. So maybe maybe they're thinking that with uh, this one. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Destiny. Mm-hmm. No sequel this year, but there is going to be a large new expansion pack. Expansion pack similar to the Taken King coming later this year, which is interesting to hear. I feel like yeah. at this point, that game is so far into its life cycle that they're still supporting it like that seems kind of crazy to me. I mean, they're just turning into an MO. I think it's kind of cool like that that the game actually has like some legitimate good expansion packs. I'm just playing the base game so far. I I don't get it. I'm like, <laughs> it to me, it feels like a cell phone game. Like, it's like, okay, this is something I can do to pass the time. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. And it's to me, it's a fun game because of the gameplay. The story's not there, and we talked about Taken King that, uh, about a month ago in one of our episodes we were talking about Taken King, but I don't know. It's interesting. I like Bungie. I like what they do. It's a idea that evolved, and this is kind of one of those games that I feel like, almost similar to the Vita, evolved into a much different platform than where it started. Yeah. It took, it took a year or two to really grow into what it could be. Yeah, so I'm kind of excited. That's why I kind of like excited for. I'm not really excited for the next expansion of Destiny because I just know I'll never play because I'm not a fan of Destiny. But this is like one of those things where we we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Like the potential for something seems exciting. So like Destiny Two, unshackled by you know PS3, be having to be on PS3 and Xbox 360, being fully next gen, and then maybe actually being what they said Destiny was going to be. Yeah. Um, so at the very least, they have like a really good base. And speaking of that. They did also announce that the plan right now is for there to be Destiny 2, or whatever they're going to call it, coming in 2017. Uh, Activision held their investment, financial, money, people, talk about stuff call earlier this week, and they claimed that the sequel was planned for 2017. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of ex- I'm like more curious about the sequel than I am about the, any sort of expansion packs. Yeah, nice to see where they evolve it too. But again, it's just weird that they've support that they've pretty much supported this game. If the sequel say comes out holiday twenty seventeen, this large new expansion pack comes out uh, the end of twenty sixteen, you basically supported this game the entire way between sequels, and not just annualized yeah. sequels, but for you know going on probably three years at that point, full support of this game. Yeah, it is kind of cool. It's like it's sort of, they're doing these sort of games as servicey things. Like we're, we're probably not going to talk too much about this episode until uh, we kind of learn more about it. But it's like that's what they're kind of trying to do with Hitman. They're trying to do that with Street Fighter. They're yep. trying to do that with 
I, I think the question comes down to while it's really great they're supporting it this far down the road, does that mean you should have bought you should buy the game now now that it has all these updates, or should you be an early adopter and then be a essentially a beta tester is not the right way to say it, but you're would you rather be the person who can get in early and then talk to the developer directly and say, I want these changes to be made and actually see them, you know, come about or and like see the evolution of the game or just get in when it's good, you know, when it's better. Yeah. It can go both ways. Um, also on that call, they mentioned Guitar Hero Live. There will be no new Guitar Hero this cycle. Again, kind of that death of annualization that I think a lot of people saw coming. Um, they just said this cycle, quote unquote, whatever that means. So whether that's, I'm assuming not lifespan of the councils, but probably just business cycle. Because again, this is coming from a financial call. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that was again, when they started, that was a big annualized fa- franchise that now is going okay we're going to put it out there we're going to let it do its thing uh, and then they said they're going to continue content on guitar hero tv which makes me really happy because i love guitar hero tv a lot yeah i think i they just did a really bad job explaining what guitar hero well they they probably actually just explaining it sounds super weird um but it's I, definitely I mean, it's definitely something you have to get your hands on to really fully understand how cool it is yeah so i don't know if they can get i don't know how they get more people excited about it you know what I mean? Because like, like you said, you kind of need to have it in your hands first uh, before you can fully understand what's going on. So I, I think I think if it is a good game, like how you keep saying like it's a really good game, I think it will have kind of long legs if they kind of if more people actually get their hands on it. But again, it's like dropping the money to get it, and more people know Rock Band more than they know whatever Guitar Hero Live is. Yeah, very true. But I mean, they're doing some stuff. Like I know, I think it was last week they premiered the new Def Leppard album on Guitar Hero TV. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the first place you could see their music video it was exclusive there for a few days at least. I don't remember if it was like a full week or not, but in the Guitar Hero Premium channel was the first place to get the new Def Leppard music video. So the Premium channel, the way that works is you can pay up like I want to say it was like three or four bucks and play these play the songs like as you want to, or you can complete different challenges to unlock them. It's it's just another way to kind of you can pay for this or you can just do the free thing. So most of the time it's gives you three songs and says four star these songs this week. And as soon as you four star them, you unlock the playlist to play them, which I mean, takes 10 minutes to do if you want to do it, or you can pay like the five bucks. If you're just like, Oh man, I need to play the new Def Leppard album, (laughs) (laughs) which who's not Uh, moving on here. So quantum break comes out April Mm -hmm. 5th. uh, Finally, they are doing some crazy stuff with this game. And they're trying to, I think, start some new general Xbox features with this. Yeah. Uh, They want to start having a cross-buy, cross-save feature in a similar manner to what the PlayStation has with PS4 and Vita. So if you get Quantum Break, um, when you pre-order it, you actually get the PC version for free. Which is crazy. Yeah. Completely. Which is crazy because you're basically getting to $60 games. Even when you think PS4, you don't get that necessarily with PS3 to PS4, PS4 to Vita. PS4 to Vita is normally more an indie game thing, not a big, full, giant tentpole release like Quantum Break yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because I feel like you're losing a big chunk of money there because I feel like anybody who's going to buy the PC game just buys the Xbox One game. So that way you have both. Well, I mean, they're not, I don't think they're, well, but I don't think, I don't know if a PC gamer would do that. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Although that's the thing, but then they just made an Xbox One sale. You know what I mean? Like they they and and I think that's the thing is that boost boost your sales numbers like crazy. If now all of a sudden you have 
all PC people buying Xbox One copies because they're getting the PC for free. That way you get both as opposed to just buying the straight PC version. Yeah, and then a lot of people, this is kind of what happened with me when I'd sometimes buy games that were like really, really cheap if I didn't own the system. And I have it just sitting there staring at me. I was like, huh, I should probably get that system eventually. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting way to do it. And I don't know, I don't know how big of a crossover there is between Xbox One and PC markets. I don't know how many people are playing on an Xbox One and also playing on a PC. I don't know if that's something that correlates really well or not. Yeah, this is this is kind of weird. I don't know what they're doing with the Xbox. I think this actually says more about what they're trying to do with the Xbox brand in general than it does, like, anything else. Um, well, it's kind of cool. It's like, oh, this is just cross-play. But, like, what they're seemingly trying to do is, like, they're kind of making, at least for hardcore gamers, I feel like they're making the Xbox kind of irrelevant by releasing all of these games yeah. on PC. Like, if Gears of War 4 comes out on PC, like, what are, what are the other big games coming? For Microsoft? Yeah, for Xbox One. I know we don't we don't follow Xbox One too much, but, like, I know Fable Legends is coming to PC. Uh, that, I'm sure that Pirates game is coming to PC. Yep. Like, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I, I can't think of any other exclusives other than Gears at this point. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't Quantum Break, and Quantum Break was the other big one, but it's like, yeah. holy crap, if you can play these games on PC, but even play, PlayStation have been kind of dealing with that as well, like Street Fighter V just came out on PC. Um, I don't think that one's just, I don't think that one's as attached to the PlayStation brand, though, as uh, no. Quantum Break would be attached to the Microsoft brand. I, a part of me just thinks this, this is the company's realizing, you know what, we're not, the hardcore PC crowd just aren't going to leave that. At this point, we've tried over and over again they're not leaving their pc so we need to figure out some way to sell some extra copies of our games and if we put it there it's not taking a chunk out of our market it's just gaining us extra numbers yeah i, I could see that like it's a good way to service yeah maybe maybe they just don't see yeah i, I could like how you're kind of saying, saying before like i don't see an xbox one gamer and a hardcore pc gamer like the the, the two don't cross over for you not so you're not really stealing stealing sales from one or the other it's because they're just there really isn't that crossover between the two. Yeah. That is kind of cool. I don't know. I'm just really curious. Like, I don't think Xbox One is ever going to phase out, but it seems like that they're trying to make the Xbox One that they're that the PC and the Xbox One they're like they're trying to combine them, and they said they said as such like quite a few times. So, I don't know. This makes me not want to get an Xbox One though. This makes me want to get a gaming PC. Yeah, for sure. Because. I feel like that's a much better option long road than getting an Xbox one. If they're going to keep putting every major franchise on there as well. Yeah. So like either get an Xbox one or a PS4, like it doesn't matter to me or anything like that. But like, if you have a PS4, this is not making me want to get an Xbox one. So yeah. Although I don't think Halo's ever going to come out for it. And I, I doubt gears. Maybe Halo, gears might, Halo but... two is PC. Yeah. So is Halo one, but I don't think there's a huge crowd on either of either of those. True. Halo 2 was a Vista exclusive. <laughs> yep. And that was garbage. Oh, yeah. Not the game. <laughs> the Vista Vista was, was kind of garbagey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. All right. Sonic has a movie coming. Mm-hmm. And not just a cartoon movie, but a live action animated hybrid film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds like it's going to be a full on feature film similar to Ratchet and Clank where it's getting a full theatrical release and everything in 2018. Yeah. From Sony, which, from Sony pictures. Yeah. Which, which is interesting. Kind of. It's more like why the, okay, this is what, this is the thing that makes me mad. Well, kind of mad, I guess. Ratchet and Clank isn't even made by Sony pictures. 
<laughs> well, Ratchet and Clank also isn't live action. I feel like I don't know. Does Sony Pictures do animation? Uh, they did uh, effing. Uh, what's the on the the minion shit? That's that's Sony Pictures. It's not like Sony Animated Studios or something. Whatever. Weird. It's still Sony. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> it's like Sony is like not making is not making PlayStation franchise. I guess they are separate companies and all that stuff. But it's really strange yeah. that like Sony isn't making playstation franchise ones and they're like willing to make sega although i'm sure sonic is bigger than ratchet clank a little bit yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean we all know sonic loves chili dogs i don't know what kind of food ratchet eats i should know this i played a lot of ratchet games <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think i could tell you that sonic loves chili dogs sonic Come does on, love chili sonic dogs. cartoon oh did you know yeah. the whole sonic loves chili dogs is just from that super weird 90s cartoon like the american i one? do I do. I didn't realize that. I thought it was like part of the game or something, but it's like, no, it's just some like writer did that that super weird cartoon. It's like, oh, now it's canon. Okay. Yeah, and now Sonic loves chili dogs, of course. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, the, although the live action stuff doesn't freak me out too much because like a lot of the Sonic cartoons have some sort of like kid in them, like kind of Transformers yeah, yep. movies have kids in them. So, I mean, I guess Transformers, you know, shows. Uh, so, I guess it's not like super weird. I'm just really curious what that means. If it's going to be like Sonic, but this is the real world. <laughs> Sonic got sucked out of his TV and now he's running around New York. Although, I'm thinking if they did a city escape scene in like San Francisco live action, Ooh, that would be kind of cool. That would be really awesome. You like when he does like the surfboard down the streets and stuff yep. in Cityscape? That would be pretty yep. fun. It'll suck though, let's be honest. It's not going to suck. Sonic. What Sonic thing hasn't sucked in the last 10 years? Point made. <laughs> well, medi- uh, I mean, they've been mediocre. You know, some of those were mediocre. They didn't suck. They were kind of mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> You're arguing the point that, no, 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 be nice. They were mediocre. Sonic Generations is, is some some of that stuff is kind of cool. Basically, their art team is much better than our actual game designers, but we're not, not going to talk about that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so just to bring up Silent Hills more and more, because it's a nice, horrible wound that we all currently harbor. Mm-hmm. Kojima at one point actually asked the one and only Cliffy B, yeah. the lead designer on Gears of War and all those epic games for a long time. And Jazz uh, Jackrabbit. If... <laughs> I like Jazz Jackrabbit. He, Jazz he needs to get more credit for that game. Jazz Jackrabbit was a fantastic game. That's a really good going game. Back to the 90s here. <laughs> People joke about it, but like, oh, that one Cliffy B game. Jazz Jackrabbit is like, that's a legit good series. I, I remember loving that game. Now, granted, I haven't touched it in probably 20 years, but I love Jazz Jackrabbit. <laughs> I mean, it's a platform where you shoot guns. Like, it's not going to be terrible. <laughs> so it's Ratchet and Clank? I, I mean, it's, it's like Proto. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of games that would fall under that sort of genre of sorts. <laughs> um, but anyway, after being asked about this, he was uh, he tweeted out that his response was, no, he would not do it. And he gave three reasons. The first is my favorite, which is, uh, he just said, I would have fucked it up, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I think is a really great self-awareness to know that nobody wants the guy who made Gears of War and did some work on Bulletstorm, if I remember correctly. I know it wasn't like anything huge on it because yeah. people can fly, but I know he had some input onto it. Uh, just straight up admitting, I probably shouldn't touch Silent Hill. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of curious why Kojima even asked him. I'm not. I, that's like a weird thing to... I don't, he's a good game designer though so it could have just like literally just come down to that like i know. think that would have been my guess would have been from a gameplay perspective because if you look at most of his games most of them for the past 10 15 years have been third person 
style games. So just yeah. to really get a good gameplay mechanics in there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there are other reasons are nowhere near as much fun as that. He just said that he wanted to work on new IP and hates Los Angeles. Which... <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I uh, yeah. I, I can see why he wouldn't want to do that. I'm kind of glad that he decided not. I mean, I'm not glad because, damn it, maybe if he was on, then they were like, wait, you have the guy who did Gears of War interested in this project? Maybe we'll not cancel it. They still would have canceled it eventually, but <laughs> maybe not I mean, so that soon. That would have put Kojima, Cliffy B, and Guillermo del Toro on the same thing. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that sounds like effing cool. And like the fact that, I know it was kind of smaller news, but they had like a famous japanese horror writer on as well but holy oh, crap yeah. god that guy does some freaky shit that would have been an awesome game i still think that game's gonna get made i i'm still pretty i'm still I, i'm holding steadfast i think i think that game in some form will still be made i nope. think it'll i think it'll be kojima studio's second game nope gonna call i'm calling it now kojima Productions' second game will be not silent hills but the spirit the spiritual successor to silent hills all right so in 2020 when their first game comes out and then in 2022, when they announced their second game, six years from now, yes. Doug called it. And at that Dark point, Darksiders episode 42. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And at that point, we'll be on Darksiders episode 400, have millions of fans. It'd be just we'll be we'll be the the the, the cat's meow, and people will <laughs> be giving us lots of money, and we'll have Patreon accounts that are in the millions of dollars. <laughs> so uh, if you can follow us on Darksiders at Twitter and tell other people. <laughs> Or we'll have the same 30 people who are still listening to us right now who are great people. So thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Knack 2. Possibly a thing. Possibly a thing. Uh, Do you you know about this one a lot? or Do you know about this one? So I know the gist, which is one a game designer, game art designer, Mm -hmm. updated their LinkedIn profile to include a Knack 2 development. Yes. And that's about all I got. And I am positive i am almost certain that knack 2 is not knack 2 and it's a code name for i'm pretty sure ape escape i'm gonna say ape escape i'm gonna throw my i'm gonna throw my my bet in for ape escape <laughs> this is literally just you going i really want another damn ape escape well i game. want another ape, oh yeah i guess more than more than like any other like lost playstation franchise just definitely another like real ape escape game but i but no i'm pretty sure it's ape escape it's the effing year of the monkey and uh <laughs> They had a they had a little tweet about the Ape Escape team coming together. They had another tweet where they had a guy come on an Ape Escape suit going, "Yay, it's the year of the monkey!" Wah! It's coming, it's coming. I I'm positive. I'm positive. Knack two is a uh... well. Okay, so here's my devil's advocate throwing a wrench in your mind. Why the hell would you update your LinkedIn profile to say you're working on a game with a code name of a game? No, they do. That is a common thing. That's not a not. That is a. That's like a, usually like an unannounced project thing or like code name, whatever. They've. De- that is not. This is not like. This is not being me being like totally crazy. Uh, they they will do stuff like that. Uh, one of the more like them referring to code names like by also saying the sequels of games would be, uh, whenever Valve rarely rarely talks about Half Life Three, they refer to it as Ricochet Two. And Ricochet was this really crappy game they made like right after Half Life came out. That was kind of like Tron discs, but just not good at all. <laughs> so I, I don't think it's totally out of the question that this is probably the code name for another game. I, I'm not, it's probably not Ape Escape because that would make me really happy. <laughs> and the goal is to prevent your happiness. <laughs> well, no, it's just like I'm a, I'm a hardcore gamer who is not part of the large buying audience. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if everybody catered to me, 
that like the video game industry would have crashed years ago. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all be sitting here playing Ape Escape and Ratchet and Clank, and the medieval platformer never would have died. Yeah, Medieval Five probably. Uh, <laughs> Jet Moto. Jet Moto 15. Six. <laughs> Jet Moto Storm. I'm still sure Jet Moto Storm. I'm. I still call that. I'm saying April first. Drive Club DLC is going to be a Jet Moto bike. You did call that like eight months ago. I'm pretty sure you called an April Fool's joke for this year in September. Yep, I'm still calling it. You'll you'll see. You'll all see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to more conspiracy theories, Hmm. Crash Bandicoot is coming back. Yes. Probably, but probably not, maybe. No, it absolutely is. Like, the the stupid shirt thing, it's it's coming. They're just not ready to talk about it yet. So, this t-shirt thing Doug is referring to, I don't, was it PSX, I think? Yes. Yeah, PSX, uh, one of the Sony executives or developers or whoever came out wearing a Crash Bandicoot t-shirt on stage, signaling to everyone that Crash was coming sometime in the next hour, and it never did. Well, the thing is, he did the same thing with Vibribbon. It's like, it's not unheard of. I just, I think that they, he's, they're not ready to announce it yet, but they're working on it. And this is just like another, there's just so many of these like little confirmations over and over and over again that there is a new Crash Bandicoot coming. Um, so, the new things that he's referring to is first of all this was about a week ago um the sony middle east twitter official twitter account uh tweeted out a picture of crash with the caption most wanted where are you crash (laughs) (laughs) which you know pretty good indication and interesting that it came from an official sony account uh the second thing was just a couple days ago uh a toy director at some show said quote We've got back in with Sony, and looking at some of their titles, I see they're bringing Crash Bandicoot back, so there's some great stuff to work with there. Yeah, and this this is a dumb thing that, like, toy, why are toy makers are just so notorious for, like, leaking this shit? <laughs> yep. So, maybe happening. Probably. Probably not. But probably. Do, does that have you excited at all, or no? Uh, yes and no. Just because I, I don't know what they would do with it at this point. And I feel like they would do something to mix it up from the last couple. And I feel like you can't just have, like, Crash Bandicoot running down a straight line anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am really, really curious what Crash Bandicoot in 2016 even looks like. I have I really have no concept for it. Because the hardcore audience that wants it back, they're not going to want, like, you know, a plat- like, a tradition- like a 3D platformer game. Because that's not what Crash is. Crash is a nope. 2D platformer with 3D elements, I guess, is the best way to describe that. But then again, like a traditional Crash game with like PS4 level graphics, like un- like you know Untangled, like looks like a Pixar movie because it has like those like really kind of small scenes. Yep. I that look that sounds really cool too. So I, I'm really curious what this is, and I'm really curious the developers because it's not going to be Naughty Dog. Yeah, I honestly my first thought is this is going to turn into Sonic, where it's that this worked really well at one point, and there's no way to have this keep up with the times just in concept alone. And it's just going to end up being them experimenting with a bunch of stuff, and it's just going to get worse and worse until they finally say, ah, crap, we probably should have killed this back in the 90s. Yeah, I feel like people like like the idea of a Crash game, but nobody really knows what a good Crash game looks like now, and and it's kind of like, yeah, like Sonic fans are like freaking rabid when it comes to what a Sonic game should be, and I feel like Crash fans are going to be the same way, but... Yeah, they really can't just do. Although the actually thinking of like recent HD updates, I did play the uh, Abe's New and Tasty, and that was an excellent update of what that game was. Like it kept the same gameplay, 
um, and actually kept a lot of the same art style, but it just looked gorgeous, and it, it, it kind of showed that, that gameplay can hold up. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's like going to be the case with Crash, that that gameplay can sort of hold up, but it's it's a pretty slow platformer. It's not really and, quick like a lot of ones that nowadays are. And if you're looking at it, realistically, if you're bringing back Crash and you're going to make this huge deal about it, are you going to do it in a $20, $40 package in the way that Oddworld was, where you're just going to go, okay, we're going to update this, or are you going to try and make it that big holiday release? The best, the best version of Crash is not a $60 game. And I agree, but I feel like that's what they're going to want to try and make this into because that's what people are going to expect is if they come out and say, we're making Crash, it's going to be an indie game. It's going to be PSN only. You know what I mean? You're going to start slowly ticking off boxes that people don't want to hear. But I mean, the new, but, uh, but again, I could see this also being like the new Ratchet and Clank, which is they're trying to, diff, they're trying to push that $40 thing. So I could see them, I could see this being in that $40 niche. But again, that Ratchet and Clank game is a remake. It's a series that hasn't disappeared completely off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still like a built-in fan base, sort of thing. Yeah, Crash, Crash is a weird fan base. I don't think anybody really knows how has an idea of how big the Crash like fan base is. Like, if people are really interested in the Crash, or it's just like a really vocal minority. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where it goes if it does. I'm, I'm assuming we'll find out more at E3. Just a feeling mm-hmm. on that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's gonna look. I'm sure it's gonna look awesome. Whatever it is, I think the first reaction would be like, "Oh shit, Crash is back. This is gonna be sweet." Dream Project is that they announced Crash with a bunch of other PS Classic games, or at least some sort of like line of PlayStation Classics or something like that. It's it's happening. It's gonna happen. So you basically you're saying this E3 last year they went crazy with new stuff, Last Guardian getting all that crap yep. out of the way. This year it's gonna be Crash Bandicoot's back, Ape Escape's back, Jet Moto's back. It's it's gonna be an announcement of the PlayStation Classics line, in which we're gonna be revitalizing. A bunch of uh, old, you know, you guys remember these guys, we really like them. So starting out, we're going to start with Crash Bandicoot in 2016. At the end of 2016, we're going to have Ape Escape. And then we have some future titles. And then there would be like Flash, Medieval, Jet Moto, Colony Wars, Omega Boost. And it's like... If, if you could see Doug's face right now, it would probably make this infinitely better. Because there's a <laughs> giant smile on his face. He's doing all his hand motions as he's talking about this. There's a lot of cool IPs they're not using. Okay, guys, that's that's all I'm saying. And uh, I, I feel like they, they need a, they can find some people to bring some of this stuff back. All right. Well, this was our February version of our E3 prediction show. <laughs> uh, look for the real one in about four months. But <laughs> hey. anyway, uh, this is the Darksiders podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Darksiders underscore POD. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube or wherever else you happen to be listening to this. iTunes. Uh, leave us a comment. We do read them and stuff or review or like or whatever different podcast things you can do are. <laughs> yeah, please comment. We're, yeah, we're, tr- we're trying to like think about brainstorming things we can do, move with the podcast. If we should do podcasts, we should do short videos. Uh, and we're kind of the only really information we have is off comments from you guys and off like YouTube views and stuff like that. We're not trying to we're not going to do anything too crazy like blah, blah, blah. We're the Dark Science Podcast. Blah, blah, blah. I don't, Again, I'm not, facial not, expressions and hand motions would have been perfect there. I, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, but that's like the sort of thing, like where it's like, oh, we're gonna show our faces and then swear at them and give them high fives every time we do a subscription. Like, I mean, we're not we're not trying to do that, but we are trying to figure out ways we can, you know, get you know get some more people. I I, I like what we do. I hope other people do as well. <laughs> <laughs> and with that desperate plea, we will see. It's a desperate plea. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>